Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yep. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to episode 111 of the FIGHT podcast, man. We're back, moving right along. Um, today we have a fun episode, man. Oh, where, where are my manners at? Yo. I'm Serge Vicente. I'm the old, the uh, the owner. I'm the uh, host of the Fight Podcast, man. Thank you as always for joining me, man. Um, you know we we go ahead and go over all the combat sports culture and podcast of the week. And uh, one of the things that I go ahead and I really want to focus on today, as we do once a week, man. We were gonna go ahead and really deep dive into boxing, man. Um, but before I tell you what we have going on this episode, remember the Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Uh, Serge, what's fitness mentoring? Fitness mentoring is where you have a coach um, who is an online coach writing all of your programming specifically to your goals. And um, they actually do that for you and they help you with your nutrition plan and all that kind of good stuff without being over your back, without stressing you out sage eats offers that for you no matter where in the world you are sage eats off also offers if you are living in the chicagoland area healthy meals all grass-fed all organic delivered directly to your home or office so go ahead and check out sageeatschicago.com apply promo code fight for 15 percent off your first three months also follow the fight podcast on all social media platforms at the fight podcast and follow your boy at serge vicente man i will there let you guys know everything that's going on with the fight podcast also check us out on twitter at the serge vicente um if you're on the web website thefightpodcast.com yo do us a favor man go ahead and cop some merch we have hoodies we have t-shirts we have hats and anything else you need man so go ahead and support the show donate shoot us a line man and make sure you listen subscribe rate and share the fight podcast is currently everywhere podcasts are available all right boom Yo, like I said, this this episode is going to be a boxing-focused episode on episode 111. Oh, so you know what I had to do, man. I had to go ahead and bring Brandon Camille back um, in the fold. So uh, Brandon's back, man. We have a great episode today, man. We really had an opportunity to jump into, you know, just the ramifications and the repercussions and everything that is the fallout, should I say. There it is, the fallout. Uh, we were able to talk about the fallout of uh, this past weekend's Canelo. Uh, Danny Jacobs Yo, did they get it right? We're gonna go ahead and talk about that um, And also we're gonna talk about the zone. Yo, is the zone the right way? They made some cash um, Is it a, a step in the right direction? Um, we also talk about Oscar De La Hoya 
we have to talk about Charlo and Harrison, Lomachenko, and so much more, man. So um, without further ado, enjoy my conversation with Brandon Camille. Yo, Sir. yo, what is going on? Man, I am okay. No complaints. Man. Uh, just got home from the movie theater a little while ago. I got invited to a screening of John Wick 3. Oh, dope. Uh, a bunch of violence. Love it. Dude, yeah, you, you, there, you would like that. I, I own, I do that. I, I don't buy many DVDs or not. Should I say DVDs? I don't buy many whatever, uh, streams or whatever you want to call it. I don't buy many movies, but uh, I have both John Wicks. Uh, there, Keanu Reeves is the man. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, but, it comes out next week. It was dope. solid. But you have to like John Wick to like the movie. If you're just kind of walking in blind, you're gonna be like, "What the fuck is all this killing?" It's almost unnecessary. But if you oh, watch man. John Wick, then you enjoy it. If you're it. going to see the trilogy of something, whoever goes in to the third movie without watching the first two, or at least knowing a little bit about them, so come on now. I mean, you know, so it's a bunch of girlfriends gonna get looped in. Hey, hey! But here's <laughs> the thing: you know, the dudes gonna tell them, "Yo, this is wild. People get got." <laughs> like that's that go, that goes with the premise of the movie. He he, he might have had to lower in there with some a little lighter. <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't <laughs> I can't stunt. I I absolutely for John Wick two. I definitely convinced my chick to go to the theater with me to go see that. Oh, yeah. See, it, it, that's that's how it happened. Yeah, and and I can't lie. I I, I gave her the little synopsis, but uh, but you know what? She lo- she low key enjoyed it. She was like, "No, this is cool." Actually, you know what? I can't lie. I actually I showed her the first John Wick the day before because I was like, "This is what I want to see. This comes out. This is what you're gonna watch. So you gonna know what's gonna happen." So yeah, she already knew it was up. And I feel like, I, so personally, I feel like if you're not into violence, then the first John Wick you'll probably like the most because that one had the the probably the deepest storyline. And after that, I mean, the storyline still follows him, but I mean, none of it is as I I guess emotional as the first one. Everything okay. else is just a lot of killing. Okay. Hey. Well. It, it, it is it at how is the entertainment value in this one? Oh, dog! It was good. Halle okay, Berry could, had could, that, man, That's what I was about to ask you. Ooh, how was Holly? Halle, Halle Berry? Berry had a, and she wasn't in it for that long, but the scenes that she were in were fire. That's what's up. That's yeah, what's up. Yeah, she had she had a dope ass scene, and she, yeah. I mean, I, I won't give away too much about uh, her role in the movie. It's not like a lot to give away about her role in the movie, but she fights. <laughs> oh no! I mean, look, you you got that much out of the uh, the preview, man. I can't lie. I'm a big John Wick fan. Um, I can't wait. So that one's gonna be dope. I feel like all fight. If you like fights, you like John Wick movies. Come on. Hey, yeah. You know, that's kind of what it is. It, it is what it is, man. Uh, those are great, man. Uh, yo, how's everything else going up there in Beantown, man? Um, no complaints, man. It's uh, Boston is Boston. Um, taking it day by day, man. That's just what it is, man. So how how were you able to go? How was the like I said after this week? We spent a couple days, man. We've let this fight marinate. After letting um, it marinate so- for a couple days, man, how do you feel? After letting it marinate for a few days, I really don't feel too different than I felt on Tuesday. I'm okay. still really excited for Daniel Jacobs at super middleweight. Um, you know, 
I'm not as excited for Canelo's next fight for some reason. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I'm not sure. And I, maybe that's because I, I don't know where he's leaning, whether it's going to be Andre, which is not looking like it's going yeah, to be nah. uh, probably number number one. Uh, probably looks like a third fight with Triple G, um, which makes a lot of sense for DAZN. So, I mean, and, and a third fight with Triple G is cool. Uh, of course, I will watch it, but it's not something that I would necessarily say I was excited as I was for Canelo Jacobs. Um, now, the conversation that I've seen a few people having on social media, and you know, I'd love to have it with you as well, is Canelo's rank on the pound for pound list. Okay. So probably about a month ago, we both agreed that Canelo was in our top five, the latter half of that top five. I think we both had him at maybe number four behind the likes of Spence, Crawford, and Lomachenko. Yeah. In, in yeah. No particular, in no particular he's in the, order. He's in, he's, in, he's in that same spot from he hasn't moved. Yeah. And 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 with the conversations going going on on social media about whether he moves up that list, whether he automatically vaults to number one, it does make me think. And I, and, and I haven't necessarily made a final decision yet because the people ahead of him are have looked so good. But my pound for pound list is ever changing. Like it, it, to me, it, it's all about your last fight. What have you done for me lately? So, I mean, if someone whoever's freshest in my mind could get a higher spot on that list, but that doesn't mean with let's say if I had Canelo jumping Crawford, that doesn't mean Crawford can't earn his spot right, right back with his next fight. The only caveat to that is if it's been like a Roy Jones, Floyd Mayweather, like a long reign of dominance. Correct. I, That's, I, I, that 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 I, that would say the only caveat would be that. Yes, okay, I I okay. absolutely agree. Um, so with that being said, I mean you start to look at Canelo's resume, and his resume is so good. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. He's beat so <laughs> many champions, and you know outside of the likes of Floyd Mayweather, Canelo's been dominant through it all. I mean it's yeah. really only Triple G that's Lada. Jacobs the Lada tri- fight. He, he's been contested closely a few yeah, times. I, yeah. I won't say that he hasn't, but he's always come out victorious, whether it be suspect by judging. Hook or crook. <laughs> yeah, whether it be by suspect judging or not. But he's beaten so many champions. So at what point does that start to weigh more heavily than Lomachenko, Crawford, and Spence passing the eye test? So I, I think the one of the biggest reasons people haven't given him that nod as of yet. Is because we've all seen those highly contested fights that many of us believe should have gone the other way. Let's be honest. If he didn't have some fights that people were like, yo, you should have lost. Because I can legitimately argue Canelo having at least four losses on his record. I could argue having that right now. So just having that fact that we can argue that fact... he can't be number one, regardless on who's on his record right now. He can't. Because, again, we, we, we're we always talking about it's the eye test, right? The eye test now, yes, he looks incredible. Um, And, man, damn. But compared to the resume man, of yeah. Crawford, Loma, and Spence. He has I by far the best resume. But And by far. By and, far. And, and, and I mean... But they pass the eye test and they look, if you were considering the eye test, probably better than Canelo. Yes. But Canelo's fight, fighting much better opposition. And I think that 
as time goes on and they continue to build their resume, especially someone like Spence, who could be on a collision course at some point in his career with Canelo, as they continue to build those resumes, well, I, I think they'll have more of a claim to their spot. But until then... I feel after a fight like this, you can move Canelo up to, you know, one or two until the next one of them fights and they can earn their spot right back. You you can make that argument. And, and I'm not going to lie. It's, it's not one that I'd be mad at. Um, I'm a huge Canelo fan, man. I mean, I don't know how many times we've both been on here, like, just just riding the hell out of Canelo. Um, d- dude, dudes, I... He, I'm not going to lie to me at this point in time. He is by far one of the most enjoyable to watch. And, and resume is speaking resumes. The resume is fact. Yeah. It's not the eye test, which is he looks great. He looks like he can beat X, Y, and Z. Now, now real quick, can we say that resumes can be deceiving, right? Because look, some of these guys, even though it looks great on your resume, they're on the latter half of their career. So we can look at that aspect of it too. How many guys has Canelo actually beaten in their prime? Okay? Yeah, I can say Danny Jacobs. All right. I can go for Danny Jacobs. Yes, that's a prime middleweight right there. But I mean, we look at us. Who was in their prime? Triple G, we can't really say he's in his prime. He was already at 36 when they fought for the first time. So I think that uh, I'll say this, and I'm looking at his. Uh, I have his record up in front of me right now. Okay. He fought Shane Mosley out of his prime. Out of his prime. Um, Floyd Mayweather was out of his prime. I don't know if Josecito Lopez was champion at that point. He was still um, when, out of his when, prime. When they I fought. No, Josecito Lopez was in his prime when he okay. fought Canelo. Austin Trout in his prime. Hey, um, yo, Austin Trout was the other fight. That was the other one that was close, questionable decision. That was it, the other con- one. Con- Canelo won that fight. But still, that was another decision that could have gone either way. That was close. It, it was closer, but Canelo clearly won the fight. And we're also talking about a younger version of Canelo. I mean, Canelo of course, of course. Has, been, has been fighting at a top level for so long at this point. Yeah. I mean, he's not even 30. What is he, like 29? 20. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's been fighting at the top for so long. So that was a closer Actually, fight. That but, but that was all. that fight was also six years ago. Right. So I mean, he's grown a lot. So so that was that was six years ago. And that's all going towards this argument. Yeah, he's for why, he, why he could be the pound for pound king. And these are just names on his resume at that point at this point, because but, he beat Austin Trout in his prime. And if you look at what Austin Trout has become, he probably took him out of his prime. But but think about this, though. What really goes in like pound for pound? Like, what's your criteria? Right, because if it is just based on resume, yeah, it's not, okay, though. it's such no, a slippery I mean, that's what I'm slope. Saying. Like that's what that's what I'm saying. It's like because we can't give it based on just resume, because if we're taking the eye test, and granted, yes, he's a bigger. Ah oh, man, it, it's difficult, man. It's difficult. Um, I, I think I think resume has to be the strongest weight in terms of uh, your measurement on how you rank your pound for pound. Because everything else is objective. Correct. Pound and your yeah. resume is fact. That is the only fact that we have. That's you know, true. You can, you, you can argue belts. You can that's argue why, it, man. No, it's that's why, it's. But unfortunately, but here's the thing: you can, to an extent. 
you can argue um, the resume just because we could look at who was in and out of their prime and stuff like that. And again, some of those were all, I, every aspect of it. We can sit back and actually like break down and and have an argument for if you really think about it too hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I I don't think Canelo fought a lot of guys outside of their prime. Um, even Miguel Cotto, you can maybe argue that he was outside of his prime, but Miguel Miguel Cotto didn't look bad in that fight. And hey, leading, that was a close fight. And leading up to that fight, um, like Miguel destroyed. Cotto he had he had revived his career. Yeah, when he was to Freddie Roach. So can you say Miguel Cotto was out of his prime? Maybe. But we got a solid version of Miguel Cotto on that night. And, it was, um, and again, it was a very close fight. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a close fight. But another one where you're not really making an argument that Cotto won. No, I'm not. I'm just saying it was a close fight. There's something to be said for a guy that finds a way to win, whether he gets help from the judges or not, because he's been doing it for so long. No, and I mean, not, look, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from him. To me, I think, I think, you're I think he's questions. great. I think he's great. I absolutely think he's incredible. Um, but when you actually, when it boils down to it, we're still talking about him in the top between number one and four, pound for pound. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he, we're still looking at him at like one of the great fighters out there. And when I think about it, when I put everything into it, yes, I'm looking at his resume and he has the best resume. But when I look at them on paper, when I'm not just on paper, when I'm actually visibly watching them, watching how they move, watching how they strike, watching their power, watching how they break down their opponents, I see at least two to three more guys that do better than Canelo does currently. But how can, on you, the record. how can you say that they do a better job than Canelo when their resumes aren't much? They're not going into fights where they're not always the favorite. I mean, a lot of people. But here's including- the thing: that then, but, but boxing, unlike for instance, like MMA, we're all we could also look at like an amateur pedigree, right? Because everybody that we're speaking of has a hell of an amateur background. Canelo actually probably is the one with the, the with the smallest amateur background out of all of them. So the one I'm looking at when I'm really thinking about it, we're talking about, you know, what, two Olympians and one guy that could have if he wanted to. You know what I'm saying? These are guys who had stellar amateur backgrounds. They have all of them have like over 100 fights. Um, and then when they came into the pros, they're right right out the gate. Obviously, it's boxing. They're not fighting the best of the best. But Lomachenko absolutely was. So it doesn't have the same name recognition, but the quality of competition that Lomachenko was fighting in his weight class, he's fighting the best of the best that were available to him at that moment in time He in his weight class, and he's destroying guys. I have to give it to him. But he hasn't fought Mikey Garcia. He hasn't fought Tiafema Lopez. And that doesn't mean that he's not he, going he to fight them. Exactly. But those fights have not happened yet, where fights of that caliber caliber are yeah. happening with Canelo and he's day winning in and day out. And, and there's a reason why Canelo is the biggest money man in the sport. Um, let's Ooh, be I honest. Mean, Joshua might have something to say. Dude, I, I, I do have something to say about that. And I, and I think I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it. But in terms say, of say, hey, say what's on your mind, host. Yo, <laughs> dog, 
So I'm over here looking at the fight breakdowns and the payouts and everything like that. And I'm, and I'm also looking because, and you know what? I'm, I'm going to go ahead and jump into one of the other topics that we have. DAZN went ahead and actually made $1.2 million worldwide for that event. Um, and, for, and again, again, I was thinking no, no, about... No, 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 no. One point, one, they, it peaked at 1.2 million viewers. Yes. Yeah. So they made millions, but that's where it peaked. And and uh, and uh, domestic here in the states it peaked at six hundred thousand. So when I was looking at that, one thing that popped out was that they also the revenue that they made. They made fifty million dollars in revenue. The fighter payout was forty eight million, right? Yeah, it, I, I was like, that's awesome. Yo, Danny Jacobs got paid two million for that. No, I thought he had. I thought he got no. He got ten. Are you sure? Yeah, I mean, because I was know, looking he, at it, people were talking about he only got two, and that's why people were shitty that he had to give up a million dollars. Well, we don't know how much money he actually had to give up. Uh, right. I think that was something in the contract, but I believe his payout was ten mil compared to Canelo's thirty-five mil. Okay, well, if he got ten, I, I'll at least be happy with that, and I'm sure he got whatever. Oh, the, we got to be know, more than happy. With ten million so. is a solid payout. Oh man, I just thought for instance, out of that, he only received you know that just that little chunk. I was like, holy shit! <laughs> like, how did they give him no money for it? I was like, yo, they did take two of them. You know what I mean? So okay, if that's the case, I'm not that mad about it. But, um, yo, how do you feel about the zone? And and just. Being able to pull that much, at least at the, that's where they peaked. How do you feel about that stat? Um, so, first of all, I have it in front of me. Daniel Jacobs will make $2.5 million, but has a guarantee of more than $10 million from the zone. I don't know how that... So, yeah, Canelo may, is set to make See, okay. $35 million on his disclosed purse, which is wild to be making that. I didn't know that they were going to be paying him fight purses on top of that $365 million contract. Holy shit. Um, but, yeah. Wait, wait, you forget is, about that, that? is that not a... I don't think that's a part of it. I think that the 365 is like, okay, for 11 fights, you can only fight with the zone. And that's just for that, just to have the rights to Canelo. And then on top of that, I believe he's getting these, getting this thirty-five million dollar purse. Eleven fights. Yeah, no, eleven. No, fights. no, 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 no. Because that's that's what it essentially breaks down to. It was like thirty-five per. Mm, yeah, it okay. is. I, I just I just did the math. It's like thirty. That means he got it's thirty-five per. It's like okay. thirty-three and change. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's, fair. What, that's what they and if he's making eleven, that's that's what he's making. They they give him that. And we're we're figuring this stuff out as we go. Man, uh, I'm not the finance <laughs> guy. Um, but Jacobs was guaranteed more than ten million from the zone. I yeah. do see okay. that. That okay. seems very clear. All right. So ten percent of your purse to give yourself a small advantage that you knew you would probably need. That's okay. Fine. Yo. Okay, that's what I want to talk about because I didn't get into my reaction after the fight either. Okay, um, and I'm gonna be very honest with you, man. And I know we went back and forth with a couple different things, and I know we're kind of jumping around, but um, I, I went back and I watched the fight again, and and I and I did touch on this a bit. Ah, oh, it was a boring fight, man. It was a, such a boring fight. And it was, and I think it was boring 
because of the I felt there was a lack of intensity and and not only there was there a lack of intensity I think less than a lack of intensity was a couple different things and I think it's actually the zone's fault and this is the first time, and I've been a fan of DAZN and how they've done certain things. But yo, they made they dropped the ball on a lot. Did you notice what they were, how they were fucking up? No, explain. Production? Okay, so um, one of the first things that they fucked up with production was when they first when Danny Jacobs was walking out. Did you see that little that little hiccup right there in the beginning? Something with the music, correct? So they started his music. He started walking out. They went ahead and started playing some other music, said we weren't ready for you yet, made him walk all the way back to play his music so he could walk back out. I didn't catch all of that, yeah. but would that be on DAZN or would that be on Golden Boy? Because isn't it a Golden Boy event? But here's I, I, don't, a, I don't know Not, how not just work. that, that's like the music and everything. Um, I, it's all in one. I mean, e- even the way it was filmed, some of the angles. I it, this was one of the worst I felt productions that they've put on. It look. I didn't think it looked as crisp and as clear as they did, and maybe it's because they are giving Canelo all the money. But uh, it, it was just definitely one of those events that. Um, well, that was one thing that I that I noticed. But also, here's the thing: they didn't have the. Um, the the ring mic'd up the ring wasn't mic'd up either and that's why a lot of the shots as an audience we didn't feel them as much because we couldn't hear them the same way and they usually have wwe mics well that's what i'm saying they usually have the uh the ring mic'd up so that's something that we were missing also so that i think also was a big reason why it didn't feel as intense and we didn't feel that we didn't feel like we were in the fight and that's a big um, fault of the zone or golden boy whoever the case may be but it looks bad on the zone i can see that um and i don't think it was a boring fight i think it was a competitive fight fought at a high level but it was it, it was high level boxing it wasn't a, a slugfest um and i can but hearing you say that it was boring i can't necessarily argue with you that's how you felt about it but i just didn't get that same experience saying that it was it was boring now, however it, it, it's not a fight that i'm gonna look back on and i'm gonna be wa- watching a, a bunch of replays no. i enjoyed it in the moment but yeah. it's not something that's memorable and every fight isn't gonna be canelo triple g which i thought were two amazing fights but here's here's my thing and this is why i'll say that's boring right and it was because at no point in time, and I love technical fights. I love technical fights. Um, in fact, one of the most technical fights that I've seen in a long time was, and I'm just going to veer to MMA and I know it's a different sport, but Israel Adesanya and uh, Kelvin Gastelum. That was an extremely technical fight. Both men were technical, but there was a level of intensity and and each guy, each competitor put the other one in trouble at some point in time. And that's what made Triple G Canelo fun also. Somebody was in trouble at some point in time in the fight. You know, and so when that doesn't happen and it's just a chess match, yeah, that was cool. But it's not memorable. And it's and it's it's one of those fights that what does it what does it do for either man's stature? What does it do for either man's you know profile? 
we can look at it and say, yeah, he beat him, but do we want to see more? We don't. We don't give a shit. In terms of how good we think Canelo is, I don't think the fight did anything for him um, because he performed as he should have. I think Daniel Jacobs, he gained a bit from it. Um, a lot of people didn't know who he was, so he got the eyeballs. And, I mean, he fought a competitive fight. 115-113 is a very close fight, and that's something that will be used to build him for the rest of his yeah. career. The, the fact that he was on that stage and held his own against one of the best fighters in the world. So, I mean, that's what it, it does. I mean, Canelo, it, I said it doesn't do anything. It does add a big name to his resume, in my opinion. But outside of that, we're not saying, oh, my gosh, but we didn't know we this guy like, was that good. Are we waiting? Are we craving to see the next Canelo fight at this present moment in time? Like, we were craving to see Errol Spence. People were craving to see, th- like, these other fights. We couldn't wait to see some of these other fighters. Like, after they got done. Oh, I can't wait to see this dude fight again. I don't feel like we had that feeling after watching this fight. Yeah, but by the time September comes around, we're going to be singing a different tune. Oh yeah, man! They hype me up. Just give me a promo. I'll be fine. <laughs> but, like, uh, but, and, I, and I don't even know, need that. I just need Canelo's name on on the bill, on the uh, schedule. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, I, I'm saying. But here's the thing: it, we're also diehard fans. We're yeah. also, you know, we're not casuals. If I if I'm a casual fan, that's not an entertaining fight. Fair, fair. Yeah, I think that's fair because you know if you know people that would have that could have watched it with me. If they were casual fans, and you know what it there's was, there's not much that I can do selling them the fight. And I'll tell you what happened. Neither man was willing to put anything on the line at any, any point in time. Uh, I think Canelo came, came forward a lot. Jacob, But here's the thing. He have... came forward. And I, I don't want guys to come forward with reckless abandon, right? That's not what I'm saying. But one thing I am saying is that if they're coming forward, there's a... When you're attacking... Sometimes you put yourself at risk. Even though Canelo was attacking, at no point in time did he put himself at risk. When neither man did that, again, they both fought beautifully. I think they're two of the most technical boxers in the game, and they both boxed beautifully. But neither of them were in trouble at any point in time, so we don't care. Maybe it seems like Canelo was a bit more willing to take those risks with a Triple G because he knew he was going to get a lot more value out of it on his end. Where with Danny Jacobs, those risks, he may not get the value on his end because Danny Jacobs is a much more skilled boxer uh, than Triple G. Um, Not saying that he's a better fighter overall, even though I think he beat him. But in terms of technical boxing, you're going to have to give that to Danny Jacobs over Triple G. So the risk may not have had as much of a payoff for Canelo. He may have seen that and felt, okay, there's another way that I can beat this guy without having to have my head blasted for 12 rounds. I feel you. I I, I respect that. I I just... um... Yo, let's take a break, bro. (laughs) I got to take this. I hit you back. We're going to take a quick one. 
see, sometimes you have to stop like that when you get, you know, important calls. So my bad. <laughs> um, look, um, with the little break that we have, remember the Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Check it out. If you are in Chicago, you have the options of healthy meals and fitness mentoring being delivered directly to your home or office. All meals are organic and grass fed. Um, if you are not in Chicago, do not fear. Sage Eats still offers fitness mentoring and nutrition consultations. So if you need help with fitness consultations, if you need help with getting a right program specific to your body type and needs, check out Sage Eats, sageeatschicago.com. We have coaches there ready and chefs ready to help any needs that you have. Also, remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast. Support your boy at Serge Vicente. Also, check me out on Twitter at the Serge Vicente. Um, we have promo codes, all kind of different things that are always released there. Um, follow, check us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Um, uh, on the uh, on the website, you can go ahead and purchase merch. You can donate. You can support the show. Um, and don't forget to listen, share, rate, and let your friends know about the podcast, the Fight Podcast. We're on all social media platforms. We're also everywhere. Podcasts are available: iTunes, SoundCloud, Google, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and so much more, man. Um, so check us out. All right. Let's go ahead and jump back into my conversation this week with my boxing insider, my boxing analyst, my boy, Brandon Camille. All right, and we're back. And we're back, yeah. So, overall, I I can understand where you're coming from. Um, I I think 1.2 million is a success for the zone. And I'm saying that because they wouldn't have reported those numbers if they didn't think it was a success. Right. Um, Cause the zone doesn't have to report their numbers. It's not like pay-per-view and there's no Nielsen to give that statistic when it's a platform. Um, Nielsen measures uh, how things are watched on TV. They're the ones uh, for the large part who provide most of those statistics when we get them. We don't have that for streaming platforms and the zone is not a publicly traded company. They're not required to disclose that. So, they're not going to disclose that if it makes it look bad. I, you know, while everybody has been saying, and I think I said this uh, on the last episode, the zone is a long-term play. Oh and yeah, absolutely. If, if you can, if you can drive, if you if, understand, they have at least six hundred thousand subscribers right now within the U.S. That's a solid number for their future. They made a profit on this fight. DAZN is less than a year old, and turning a, two, turning a two million dollar profit for an event like this, I think, is a huge win. It's but a, still, a go ahead. But here's the thing about that, and yes, they made a profit this time. Yes, you know it, it was they made money. But here's the thing: you, you're paying Canelo a lot of money. Not only are you paying Canelo a lot of money, this is a new a new thing. So you're going to get people in the in the door the first time. But if the fights aren't entertaining, you know, 
is it people are people aren't going to continue you know subscribing and from what i've heard again i've heard from a, a number of people you know they struggle sh- with the streaming they i've heard people having issues with certain things so if people are having issues with it they're not going to sit there and actually take the time to deal with it in the long run you know so they're gonna they might end up losing money in the long run if one the fights aren't fired that's the first thing and they're struggling with the device itself this is boxing. Every fight isn't going to be fire. If it's not, hey. people have paid pay-per-view for lesser entertaining fights. So if they're only paying $20 for a whole month for that Canelo fight and they're getting that Anthony Joshua fight, well, maybe they don't stick around this time, but they're going to come back for another DAZN fight. And eventually they'll probably just keep that month to month subscription or the or the annual subscription instead of trying to pay and cancel every single time. Yo, but, but here's I mean, the thing. People people paid a hundred dollars for Floyd fights that they claim weren't exciting. Absolutely. But, I mean, Flo- Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather wasn't exciting, but we did not watch the next Floyd Mayweather fight. That's true. No, you're absolutely right, man. You're you're absolutely right. Um it's going to be interesting to see how it works. It really is. I, I, I hope I hope that it continues growing. But what I, they I really also, need to do, wait, hold on for a second. But what they need to do, and I think they did a great job of it this time around. Um, they they did a great job. They they stacked the card. It was a great undercard. I think they need to start pubbing the undercard even more and making sure they're putting somebody's fire, you know, um, people. No, actually, no. The, this undercard wasn't anything. I didn't pay no attention. I was thinking about the um, the top rank undercard. No, it was a solid undercard. Um, we, saw, we saw Virgil Ortiz. Ah, this um, was what? Okay, you're right. You're right. Saw, this one was they, a good They had Saddam Ali real far yeah, um, yeah. on the, under, on the but undercard. But that's what I'm saying. You need to make sure you're having these, but they need to go ahead and actually advertise and tell the stories of some of the guys that are in the undercard so the casual fan will actually be excited about it. Well, they're telling these stories while they're fighting on the undercard to this giant fight so they can headline their own card. That's how you build fighters and, that, and fighters that are locked in, the, in with the zone. In, in the terms of the organization also pubbing, having people doing media, having these dudes do TV shows, you know, not just the main event guys. You know, I want to see everybody do like some kind of countdown with Bro, more than that- two people. Devin Haney is on a wild press tour right now. He's been. But we're on talking a- about one guy who's going to end up. I'm talking about like if you're going to do that, the zone, top rank, anybody, take a page out of the WWE's book. Take a page out of the UFC's book. Go out there and stack the card. And then not only do you stack the card, you go out there and you you do press with all of them. Do, you know, press conferences with everybody in the room. You know what I'm saying? Like, you do these type of things to generate buzz. Get people, you know, like, interested. Oh, shit. That's so-and-so. He's going to fight him. You know, they look like they got beef. You know, oh, what's his story? They need to go out there and actually do more to establish more of a buzz and not just do the the two main event people yes we're looking at the main event yes we're focusing on this but yo there's six other fights that are going to be fire let's go ahead and actually focus on some of these fights too let's shine some light on it because here's the thing if you weren't balls deep into it who who else would have known Saddam Ali was at the end all the way down in that undercard but when has boxing ever put such a big emphasis but on that's the undercard the thing. we need to that that's that see that's some old school bullshit narrative why I'm not saying it's there... a, I, I don't think it's an old school bullshit narrative that's how you build fighters over time Dog, but and why here, but... I would like why I would 
like to see more stacked cards. I went to an amazing card a few years ago. Um, not this path. That would have been 2017, where it was Jared Hurd, uh, Jamel Charlo, and Arislandi Lara fighting on the same card. And okay. All, so all, all why, why, what, that's, what, that's why great... did you cut me off and say you disagree? Well, because every they don't have enough boxers to do that. Yes, like, they do, though. That's what I'm saying. There's they are that many boxers. But here's the thing. They don't tell those stories and we don't know who they are. I don't think they have enough box to do that. Not yet. I, the, I, th- the zone I think the zone is just one platform and they don't have the resources of an ESPN where they can do all of these press conferences and play, paste these fighters on every single commercial and in the bottom right hand corners of your screen. I think more will come with time and they're trying to do a little bit more and they're trying to, you know, have more shows like Ak and Barack 40 Days, which is produced by LeBron, which is pretty dope. Um, I mean, they're going to do more of that to help promote these fighters. But zone is under a year old. They got they have to take some blows as well. I mean, everything is not going to be perfect starting out. And I get so defensive over zone because I think they have such an amazing model with me not having to pay for pay-per-view. Look, it's the model of the future, but just like anything else like you said yes they they are a year old but not even not even you're talking about september okay so they're not even a year old they're not even a year old they, they're they, they're more than a year old but they're only a year old here less than a year old here in the states that that's what that is because they've been around a little longer than that if i'm not mistaken I don't think so. I think the platform launched in September and now they have they've started they've partnered with uh, the MLB a little bit more. Obviously, they have that partnership with with Bellator. So they've made some good moves there. And I think they had a pretty good undercard for the Canelo fight. And, you know, I I don't know how much more they could have done to build a a Virgil Ortiz. Now, I I think the UFC does a much better job of, of of that in terms of building their undercard fighters that's that just isn't something we've seen a lot of success with in boxing yet unless i'm unless we have and i'm wrong like but, where have but we that, seen that's my thing my my only thing is why doesn't boxing utilize that that's how you grow boxing you you create stars you create stars by going out there and making sure that the audience sees them the make sure the audience falls in love with their personality the only reason i fuck with tio uh, fimo is because of his bra his style and his brash personality that's amazing i want to see more but they and there's so many other fighters that are out there like that but people don't take the time or the organizations or the promoters or whoever it is don't take the time to do so and here's the way the reason i know that that's the that's the case there's been multiple times for instance with oscar de la hoya and golden boy where this happened during his the mma show that he that he recently did this past year that did awful and i know it with another one of his boxing events also but there's been fighters that have said that he knows the main guys but the rest of the people on the card he doesn't even care to learn your name that's not how organizations grow people don't i mean that's not how you end up building fighters on the other hand but Shakur stevenson fought in the 2016 olympics and has built his entire name fighting on undercards okay because okay so he 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 came in with the name that's great i'm talking about the other thousand guys that are out there did tiafima lopez come in with the name again they started building them up but you have to have more and that's what i'm saying find more of these guys they're out there 
But so, how often do we talk about young box, young up and coming prospects? There seems to be so many of them in boxing right now that we've found out about from them fighting on the undercard and learning their stories as time goes on. I mean, OK, you know, we, so I, I think you're missing the point because the point isn't between somebody like yourself who truly loves boxing. I'm talking about for casual fans. How do we go ahead and actually grow the sport for casual fans? MMA does a better job of actually for casual fans throwing everybody at you. I'm saying that, yes, Decor Stevenson, he's been somebody who's been featured, but we've paid attention to him ever since he since he was an amateur. I heard about his name, but I'm also balls deep in boxing. But so MMA is making, you know, constantly makes those big fights. They're not holding anybody back. They're pulling that motherfucking trigger. So if there's a fight to be made, then they make it. I'm so talking about this, if, growing well, the sport, bro. I'm talking about what's but let, the but most ideal way to go about it. But these guys, but these guys are in big fights so often, fights that they can legitimately lose from early on. So they're big fights that we can build excitement on, that we can get excited about on the MMA side of things. Boxers oftentimes, and this model is changing, are not following that same model. They're protected for a while until they build their record, until they mature a little bit, and then they start contending for a belt when they start to get some of those bigger fights. But a lot of, pe- a lot of people aren't going to care about the fighters on the undercard that are in squash fights. I think they can do a better job. That's all I'm saying. I think there can be a far better job done. You can really go out there and build, continue building the sport. There are plenty of names and things like that out there now. We just talked about how there we can easily find five to six dude per weight class. That means we can at least make some kind of, we can have featured events. We can sit there and actually stack cards doing that. But we don't know. We we have five to six people per weight class. However, those five to six people oftentimes are split amongst three different promoters. And then that creates even more of an issue in terms of making those big fights early on in these fighters career. I, I, I'm saying you, you, they can do a better job. Uh, I, I, I would like, I, I just prefer to look at it a little bit more optimistic. It, I, I think, I, I, I think, like I said, it seems like you're just kind of looking at it like, no, that's not how it's been done. It's not going to change. I'm saying this is how I think it should be. Well, so I, I would love to see some of these fighters fight in the big fights earlier on in their careers. If they're able to do that, I think they you can grow the sport at a much, uh, much faster rate. That hasn't been done in the past. Someone like Lomachenko did do that, and we see how quickly he's grown and how you know what he's doing for the sport in this point in time. But until you get fighters to the point where they're willing to take on those risks earlier in those earlier in their career, you're not necessarily going to get that. The only way that we can do the only route to that is having these big fights earlier on, and no one wants to risk that cash. Like they I don't, don't want to take that. I, I don't know. I, I I I I'm gonna say what I continue saying i think they can do a better job than they are doing i wish they would do a better job so you did bring up lomachenko though and i I don't know if you heard about this but this recently came out loma has his new mandatory and that's loop the british luke campbell um do you actually like have you heard first of all have you heard about this happening did you hear about this yes um do you like lomachenko did something to like force it or something like that um lomachenko actually he had to uh he can't uh he was injured his hand is hurt 
So he couldn't compete until um, later on. So they had to push some fights back. And since he's going to be out until late late August, September, this is the fight that ended up getting pushed out. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw that. I'm, I'm not a... I haven't seen a lot of Luke Campbell. Um, I've heard it, heard his name a lot. And obviously we know some fighters that he's been in the ring with, but I haven't actually seen him fight. Um, look... He's good, man. He again, we're talking about somebody with pedigree and somebody who's, you know, has a great amateur background. He actually won a gold medal uh the same Olympics that Lomachenko won one. He won a gold medal in the uh 2012 Olympics also. I'm about to say, didn't Lomachenko win three? Yeah, well he's <laughs> really in, narrowed in down. Yeah, he won in 2012. Um he won also won a gold medal. So dude dude is nice. Uh he's twenty and two, I believe. And um Took a loss to uh, Linares. Yeah, he took a loss. But here's the thing: that that's nothing to sneeze at. Linares is a bad dude, even though he hasn't looked great <laughs> as of recently. Um, but I don't know, man. Look, you always gotta be wary of some of these uh, some of these U- UK champions. And he's he's ventured out of the UK. Um, well, in in terms of fighters, I don't know. I don't think he's. Well, no, his last fight was in uh, Philly. So okay, he has fought outside the UK. Yeah. But you know, you you always tend to be a little bit more wary. Of some of these guys built up in the UK because you know they're built up. They can go. You you know the UK fans go crazy. They come over here and they get smoked. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But you know what, man? Um, I respect UK fighters, man. They they most times they come to fight. They're always you know very technically sound. Um, they're well schooled. You know they respect the sport. I, I fuck with you know British fighters and fight fans. But uh, at the end of the day. Come on, man. Lomachenko. Yeah, Loma's going to walk through this dude, man. Um, is it a good fight? Who cares? He's a warm body till the next one. I mean, yeah. I mean, Luke, Luke, Luke Campbell is, is he's good. As good an, he's as good a name as we could have hoped for yeah. for Lomachenko's next fight. He's, to me, a bigger name than Richard Comey. And and honestly, that's, that's who I, I think most of us want to see. But look, man, it is whatever. It is what it is. Um, Luke Campbell, like you said, he's a gold medal, former gold medalist also. He's somebody who is solid, extremely well-rounded. Look, I, I, I just can't wait to see Lomachenko fight again. Yeah, I mean, it was tough to see that fight stopped in four rounds. You, you were left wanting so much more. Um, so hopefully next time out we see him for a few more rounds. Hopefully that hand heals up and it doesn't hinder him at all. But yeah, he, he Luke Campbell is is a good name. They maybe do you know where they're doing the fight at? Um, I think Lom- this fight's probably going to take place. They said in the UK. Hey, that's a, I think that's a great move yeah. for Loma. Yeah, I think they said move. it's probably going to take place there. It seems like that's what Loma and his team want also. But see, what happens is that there is some issues with this because Luke Campbell's going to get smoked. They yeah. were trying, DAZN was trying to build to a fight with Luke Campbell and Devin Haney. <laughs> so well, that's, hey. that, that's where there's a bit of an issue there. And I've heard, I think Devin Haney mentioned it a little bit. Uh, I definitely heard Eddie Hearn, he's pissed about it because it kind of messes up that fight a little bit. And I know that was probably going to be a big introduction for Devin Haney, at least to the UK public who care about Luke Campbell. Right, right. Well, look, man, um, 
I know Luke Campbell probably prefers to have a Loma fight. I think it's going to be a bigger fight for his career, and it, that a win there would mean more for him. So, obviously, that's where he'd want to go if you have an opportunity to go against Loma or, or Devin Haney, um, regardless on, you know, what... Loma's a bigger name. He 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 should and would take that fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Um, do you have any other th- anything else to say about this topic? Mm, not not much. Nah, I mean, it's we'll Loma. It's Loma. It's, it's we Loma. know what to expect. Um, I'm interesting to see where they fight. Um, if they're going to do it at well, one of the look, big ones, it's one, not at, signed or anything yet. We don't well, know I'm, what's actually going to happen. Yeah, but I'm just saying. You know, I, I want to see um, where the where they end up. If they end up signing it, like where the fight ends up taking place, if it's going to be at the O2, if they're going to try something like Wembley, I want to hear that UK crowd. I mean, watching I fights too. in the UK are always absolutely amazing. Um, the fan over the fans over there are out of this world. So I want to see that environment. No, but that's probably going to be the most important, most uh, entertaining or competitive piece of the fight, because once they step in the ring game over we'll see man well look there is another fight two guys that are actually going to fight they've already fought and i and i <laughs> and i just finally got done watching their uh press conference and i'm actually talking about uh one of my favorites Jamel charlo and tony harrison man um did you have an opportunity to check out these dudes press conference yeah, I saw, I saw a lot of the highlights. I didn't watch it through and through, but I saw most of the highlights. Yo, I, I, I tried to listen to the entire press conference. I couldn't. Um, it, it's too much yelling and bravado for me. I, it, it was too much. It was kind of funny. Tony Harrison was kind of funny to me. Yo, no, no. It was funny while it lasted, but listening to an entire press conference of two dudes telling each other, shut up. Ah, I, I, I didn't like it. It was too much. Um they, they, I don't know, man. It was one of those things that, um, okay, look, I'm excited for the fight. I'm not going to stunt, but this is th- the only thing that I am a little bit worried about is this. A lot of times when there's a lot of bad blood, two guys want to rip each other's faces off, it ends up being a really boring fight. Neither man can end up pulling a trigger, and I'm really, I got a bad feeling that this is going to be one of those fights. I really do. Um, I thought Charlo won the last fight. I'm with you. To be honest with you, I didn't even think it was that close. Um, Same here. Yeah, so um, I think Charlo, if his head's in the right place, I think he's going to beat in the next six weeks and we'll break it down a little bit more um my excitement level i'll say is this because of that and because of um who charlo is i'll say i'm i'm at an eight i'm at a i'm at a i'm at a seven i'm at a 7.5 i can be pushed to an eight that's where i'm at six weeks out yeah uh, i'm probably around the same i'm i'm so interested to see how jermel charlo approached this fight um obviously that was his first loss he's been notably quiet a, a bit more silent on social media though they have started both the charlo brothers have started posting a, a bit more uh frequently nowadays but it was a while since that card before they started doing that again and they're usually pretty active on social media yeah um with the resumes that the charlo brothers have which are both pretty weak to you know be frank they 
leading up to that night, they both felt very entitled. Um, and I think, especially for Jamel, that seemed to be a very humbling experience. Despite the fact that we thought he won, a lot of people thought that he, he won, there were a lot of people that thought Tony Harrison won and that supported the decision that night. Um, so he got he got his rematch, but that's going to sit in the back of his head. Uh, I think he can win the fight, work the jab, go to the body, look to build rounds instead of just going for the knockout all the time because he has the skills, he has the athleticism. But if Tony Harrison, which we expect him to make a few, uh, few adjustments, he's a pretty decent boxer, if he frustrates Charlo in those early rounds, can Charlo make those adjustments? You know, so I, I'm very excited for this fight. I mean, I was very excited for it from the first fight, but more so, I'm excited for it as a from from a standpoint that I'm a Jamel Charlo fan, not that I think it's going to be a war, because the first fight wasn't crazy amazing. I mean, it, it was a decent fight, but no, I mean, how many times did you go back to watch that? So I mean, it's not like I'm excited for action i just want to see how jamel charlo is going to come back after his first loss i'll be honest with you i I think it's going to be good for both of them um in terms of both charlo twins um it is one of those things that they did both of them did take a lot of time off of social media uh and i think that they might have been feeling themselves a little bit we so we seen the bravado we love I, I mean personally i love it i love the bravado i love you know the the aggressiveness um they they got they have a little bit of that like it's a little mix of like early 90s mike tyson with like some floyd and some other stuff mixed in there you know it's it, it's it's fun it's it's fun um i'm a fan of both of those guys but uh i think this loss probably humbled both of them it re- made them realize that look man we can take a loss and i hope that it focuses them both out um it should be a fun fight I'm excited for the fight. We'll see what ends up happening. Um, but again, we're still six weeks out. Anything can happen. Um, I, I'll, I'll be willing to talk more about it when we get closer to the to the fight. Yeah, I'm with you. But I mean, to your earlier point about having pressers like this, you know, I think DAZN did a better job with that for, and maybe that was because Jarrell Miller was involved, but they did a much better job with that Anthony Joshua fight that ended up falling through. But this is the ex- type of excitement that you want to have um, for, you know, for a fight like this. Now, speaking about that division, something that you didn't put um, on the schedule schedule today, we do have uh, a guy I'm sure we both like in Jared Hurd fighting this weekend. He is fighting this weekend, man. Um, I like Jared Hurd, man. Uh, I'm be honest with you, I am not a fan of Jared Hurd's skill set. <laughs> uh, to me, man, watching him, he I, I think he he has a lot of holes in his game. But one thing I love about him is that I love that he's a dog, and he digs deep, and he continues walking forward. Um, I think he finds a way to win. He's a winner. And I think he's going to do the exact same thing this weekend. 
Yeah. And I mean, you've mentioned before, you're a big fan of Julian Williams. I like him as well. I think he's a really good boxer. Um, I I don't think he'll ever be like a superstar in the sport, but I think he'll hold this position that he's in probably for a a good while. Um, And, and, you know, he'll take a loss and I think he'll come back. Um, But I mean, and I think Jared Hurd will not necessarily walk through him, but I think he'll win by later knockout. But I mean, there there's a path for Julian Williams to win here because against a guy with the skill set of Jared Hurd, there's always a way to win. Um, he takes he takes punishment. He takes hit. He hits. He's there to be hit. But I'm. Um, like you said, he finds a way to get it done. And if he's there to be hit, then that means he's in range to hit you, too. He has proven power, proven durability, a great chin. And he does not fight in a boring fight after he gets to the fight in the fourth round. Um, but like like I just said, he's a notoriously slow starter. So maybe you can bank some early rounds against him, um, stay in the fight long, long enough, take some of those later rounds. You know, we've seen crazier things. Hey, man, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm looking forward to it, man. Um, yo, one thing that I did want to touch on real quick before we get out of here um, is speaking to somebody who, if he actually eventually moved up, he might eventually fight Jared Hurd. But your boy Oscar De La Hoya has been back in the news, man. He's been talking a lot of trash. And Oscar went ahead and he actually called out Errol Spence Jr. He said... There's no reason why Errol Spence can't move up to middleweight if Mikey Garcia can go up to welterweight to fight Spence. And if Spence, fight, if Spence fights Canelo, it'll make the most money an Errol Spence will ever make. Yo. Is is uh, is Oscar reaching, man? Which part? Do you feel like Oscar's reaching in terms of actually calling out somebody that is two-way classes blown? His I don't guy. think... I don't think he's reaching. I think that's something that we can see in the future. Obviously, we know that Spence is a very big welterweight and could probably easily compete at 154. Uh, 160 is going to be a little bit tougher. I think he needs some time and should take some time to put that weight on. So I would like to see him compete at 154 before going to 160 as opposed to jumping to weight classes. Yeah, the Mikey Garcia comments are simply just bait. We can ignore that. Um, What I don't think is accurate is that this is the most money he'll make in his entire career because Errol Spence is a star in his own right. And, you know, this is going to sound bad, but he speaks English. So, I mean, as long as as long as he keeps winning, that fight with Terrence Crawford will be there. There's a lot of good PBC welterweights under uh, um, a lot of good welterweights under the PBC banner for him to fight and continue to build, um, build his uh, build his name and rake in some good paydays. So the most money he'll ever make in his career. I think that's a reach. That's absolutely a reach. Could happen at some point. Um, he's trying to bait him now with, you know, a nice little 20 million dollar offer. But, you know, if Canelo's still able to make 160 a couple years down the line and Errol Spence is, you know, to, let's say that he, you know, took on the welterweight division, was able to get past Crawford. 
you know, then we're having a different com- conversation. But I think it's a, it's a good fight as long as Spence learns from Mikey Garcia's mistakes, takes the time to move up to 154, then move up to 160 and really let his body adjust as opposed to just trying to make the leap um, for the money while giving Canelo a huge size advantage. Look, man. I mean, next to each other, Errol Spence is probably taller than Canelo. He is. Errol Spence is taller and Errol Spence, to be honest, walks around um, probably pretty close to the same size as Canelo does weight-wise. Um, well, he walks around the same size that Canelo is cutting to. Is Canelo that big at that weight? I mean, you remember when Canelo was fighting at welterweight, he was coming in at 170. They say Spence walks around in, in the 180s. Spence said he's walking around in the 160s now. I think he okay. used to walk around a bit heavier. Right, well, I, I was talking about him walking around in the 180s when he was in the 180s. So they have been re- relatively around the same size. But potentially. Um, I, I'm not saying it's, you know, out of the, you know, out of my imagination. But I, I think right now, I mean, it's it. It's Oscar keeping his name in the news, keeping Canelo's name in the news and free press for Spence. Spence played into it. He said, hey, never take the first offer. Leads us to believe that, you know, maybe they're in negotiations, but the Porter fight was just made official. I think that's going to be August 3rd at Barclays Center. So, I mean, you know, I, I think they're, you know, almost doing this for publicity at this point right now. It's something that we can maybe see down the line. Maybe the public forces it on them. But for right now, it's a it's a cool nothing more than a cool topic, a cool debate. I don't know. You started talking, cut me off. I forgot what I was going to say. So my, my bad. I, I, I didn't realize. I apologize. Yeah, I have no idea what I was going to say. So it's all good. Um, yeah, Doho is a clown. I, I, is this gonna happen? Um, I don't think Spence is gonna get punked into doing anything by Oscar De La Hoya. He's just like I said, Oscar's a slimy promoter. He's just trying to keep his name relevant, keep his boy in the news. So, eh, we'll see when it happens. Um, yo, uh, any thoughts on Anthony Joshua and his uh, new opponent? Yeah, I think we may have touched on this a little bit last week. Andy Ruiz is a decent heavyweight, uh, took a tough loss to Joseph Parker, but I simply don't think he's on AJ's AJ's level. Um, you know, he has some skills, but I just don't see him sticking with AJ. Yo, only reason I want to bring him up is that um, I I didn't know anything about him either, really. And um, so I actually looked up a couple fights. I did see the Joseph Parker fight. Um, And then I went ahead and also I watched just a couple interviews. Yo, I like the dude. Good personality. Um, He can can fight. Yeah, I think he's going to lose, but he legit he definitely punches harder than um than uh miller did and uh he can he's he reminds me of like the boxing's version of like cain velasquez he has an opportunity to be the first mexican all mexican um heavyweight champion uh in boxing history so that would be pretty dope if he did win yeah it, it would be cool if he won but i mean i i think right now Thinking of uh, Andy Ruiz win, we're kind of in fantasy land. Pretty much, and I'm just saying, like I've, I haven't watched dudes. So first time I saw him, he's he's good, he's nice. I just don't think he's gonna win, man. But yo, 
Bro, it's been a good one, man. Um, you got anything else? Any anything else you want to get in before we get out of here today? Nah, man, nothing. Nothing else for me. Um, Yankees are still leading the Red Sox in the uh, AL East, so as long as that's going on, I am okay. Uh, I won't lie to you. I, I'm I'm looking forward to the Knicks chasing Kevin Durant this summer. And Maybe I hope saw KD that, didn't tear his Achilles. Nah, he he, he didn't. It's a calf strain. But uh-huh. I saw that when I saw it happen. I was a hundred percent sure that he tore his Achilles. I I'll was like, oh. you, I, I'm still not certain that it isn't something like that. Like I, that whole calf sprain thing, man. Mm, I don't know. It don't seem right, man. Nah, I've seen he, it. He can come back next round. One hundred percent. I thought it was a, it was a uh, Achilles, man. I'm sitting here like, damn, how do the Knicks get fucked? We ain't even been in the playoffs in like 10 years. Man. And we, we are the superstar that we have a fantasy and even landing, guess, tears, tears his Achilles. But, you know, I had to rein it in. Calf strain. And, uh, you know, he could be back for the Western Conference Finals if the Warriors make it, which I think that they will. We don't just make fight picks on here. Look, man, um, I, I still got Golden State getting there. Um, I, I, I see Houston messing it up. But, hey, if they, if they did get past them, that'd be fun, too. I mean, either way, I got no horse in the race, so I don't care. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's basketball. It's fun to watch. Uh, I watch <laughs> I, I watch a lot of sports. And so no, uh, I watch a gang of basketball. I love basketball. But uh, this playoffs has been fun, man. But, yo, I feel uh, like there was one more thing uh, maybe that happened on the football field this week. Don't watch. Football. Um, you know, can't really can't really remember. I did watch a video, uh, just a just random football highlights video. And I was recently thinking back to you know, A.B. Antonio Brown taking shots at his former teammate, Juju Smith Schuster. And I was watching this highlight video and there was a play where uh, Vontez Burfecht of the Bengals had made an illegal hit on Antonio Brown, gave him a concussion, took him out the game. And I don't think it was the same game. It may have been the same game. I don't think it was, though. But um, Juju Smith-Schuster had his back, laid Vontez Perfect out. And I'm like, that guy has your back on the field. How you spray him when it, when it comes to the media? So I thought AB was a real bitch for that, even though that was, you know, that's dated news. But it just dawned on me that Juju had his back on the field. So And Juju's a likable guy, if you follow him on social media. But... You asked me, so kind of got random thoughts. Cool. I don't watch football. <laughs> oh, I yeah. We're I, standing I don't with care. <laughs> football is, yeah, it's with no, no appeal for me whatsoever. I don't care. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, 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 I hear you. I can't say I'm with you, but I hear you. Yeah, dog. Like, I don't know Juju nobody, man. So, yo, it's. Hey, but if he, he he didn't stand with his with his man's man, that's fucked up. <laughs> like that's wild, man. That's so wild. He didn't stand with his man's. Yo, I knew those frosted tips was whack. Oh man, dude's a bitch. I can't stand him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, that, that's all I got for you, Serge. We'll, we'll, we'll be we'll be back real soon um, next week, breaking down a bunch of fights, and we will be talking about Deontay Wilder fighting next weekend. So uh, that's something we got hey, to man, look forward to. You don't do plugs at the end, like what we gonna do next week? That is definitely not your job. Ah, I mean, I, I just you know, you, yeah, yeah, slide, yeah, slide yeah, that in there. You're trying to yeah overstep slide, your slide, bounds. Yeah, slide easy. slide that in there a little bit. Yeah, no bet. Next Sir, week, well, um, Sir, I'm going to have some other dude on the show. <laughs> nah, it's uh, a, What was that? 
I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm really irreplaceable. You're not going to find anyone who owns up to being a keyboard keyboard warrior like me. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. You know what, man? That you, You're the only person that, for some reason, wears that badge proud. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy to be a keyboard warrior. No bet, man. No bet. Well, yo, bro, uh, be easy. I appreciate you as always, man. Uh, this has been fun, bro. Yep. All right, brother. Be easy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Yo, as always, thank you so much for paying attention and listening to the Fight Podcast. This has been episode 111. Moving right along, man. Yo, this week we still have some great stuff coming. We're obviously going to do our um, weekend breakdowns that I always release on Saturday. Uh, we have some fun extra stuff coming for you guys this week, some interviews and some other cool stuff. So check us out. Um, check us out on the website site check us out at thefightpodcast.com check us out on all social media platforms at the fight podcast uh follow me at serge vicente uh follow the show at the fight podcast check us on the website thefightpodcast.com purchase merch today and remember the fight podcast is brought to you each week by sage eats sage eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring sign up for sage eats at sageeatschicago.com remember even if you're not in chicago sage eats has something for you check us out they're an all-encompassing lifestyle organization man you guys will really love it all right um Without further ado, man, this is about all the time we have today. This is your boy, Serge Vicente. This has been episode 111, Boxing News of the Fight Podcast. We'll be back soon. Without further ado, yo, y'all be easy, man. Peace out.